0: Now, all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome
1: back to Carolina Newsmakers. Greg Thompson is our guest. He's the state director of the North Carolina Federation of Independent Businesses. And uh, as we've said several times, this is not necessarily small businesses. This are independent businesses. And, uh, of course, it's affiliated with a national organization that... uh, uh, does the same function of providing advocacy and uh, support for independent businesses. And, Greg, uh, you've been with us a number of times. By the way, Greg was elected to the General Assembly at age 27 before he uh, decided to uh, go into advocacy work. And so you you know the General Assembly for being inside. You were in the House of Representatives. How many terms did you serve? Five terms. Five terms. So you were there 10 years. Yes. See, see how quick my mind was? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh and you also, uh, during that period of time, you uh, headed the Appropriations Committee.
2: I did. My last term I was a senior appropriation chairman, which was a, a very interesting uh, position to have.
1: Well, one of the things, of course, you're, you're uh, obsessed with right now at this given time is the fact that the General, North Carolina General Assembly is in session. It is passing laws. And we want to talk about the laws that have passed that affect business. And then we want to talk a little bit about the budget and where it is because at the present time it's in sort of a state of limbo. But let's talk about just general legislation that is a, that will affect business, and then we'll get to that that may be affected by the budget.
2: Well, One, one le- uh, piece of legislation that passed actually last week uh, is the uh, associational health plan. And uh, that uh, legislation will allow uh, – uh, businesses who are members of, of associations or organizations to, to band together and, and shop for cheaper uh, and, and more uh, insurance. Uh, it's, uh, it has been sent to the governor, and uh, there's uh, some question of uh, what's going to happen with it uh, at, the, at this point. Uh, but there are numerous uh, business associations uh, in North Carolina that supported that uh, supported the, the association of health plans and
1: so basically it, what we're saying here is if you <clears throat> there's five say auto body shops uh, in town they can go together or they can join a state association that provides insurance for body shops and they can get a better rate because there's more people involved.
2: Correct, yep. and, and it's it's, a, it's certainly a way to uh, bring more. Uh, people into a plan that go out and and shop for yeah. the the, the, the le- le- less expensive rates. I mean,
1: uh, the thing that sort of sort of bothered me about that is I thought that's what insurance was all about to begin with. The insurance company did that, but it, in fact they don't. Right. I mean, they they do give benefits to the larger uh, 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 employee numbers because I mean they can show the reason why, but uh, that benefit is not available for the smaller independent. Business and total number of employees.
2: That's right. Another piece of legislation that passed uh, is uh, a a study committee uh, that they have that they're going to create to uh, look at a uh, creating a retirement plan for small businesses, uh, and it's and it's uh, it's a very specific study committee that they will be able to uh, look at all aspects of of, of small business owners uh, and what they can. What can be created to, to pr- provide a retirement plan whether it's 401k whether it's a uh, you know whatever that they can come come to uh, come together for and 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 provide that uh, option for small business owners
1: well you know anytime you can uh, do things as a group is always beneficial because uh, uh, you know it's tough it's tough running a business you have uh, the same number of hours that everybody else has and everything is always tugging at your seams and course most management always ends up in crisis modes most days they handle the things that have pushed to the top of the desk at the top of the list and so things that uh, like working out a retirement plan sort of get pushed off and you say well I'll, I'll think about that tomorrow i'd like to do it but i think about it tomorrow and i think government does kind of the same thing from time <laughs> to time so, so it, uh, that, that's the reason the study
2: commissions are important right
1: you know, one thing people don't understand is how much work is done in between sessions of the General Assembly. You might want to talk about that. Well,
2: later. in between, uh, there's a, the Legislative uh, Research Commission. Uh, uh, there are numerous study commission bills introduced during the session, and they go through the process and of uh, uh, becoming law, and, and then they're assigned to the, the LRC. And, and then in between sessions, which, well, if they get out of session and have time between sessions, they uh, they meet. They have a, a appointed group that meets and uh, researches and figures out uh, how best to address different issues. And uh, but and then and, and then the the laws, the bills introduced the next session come from those legislative study commissions. Uh, they're very important. Yeah, and. Uh this is one of the reasons that uh,
1: it's, it's difficult to serve, as you did, from being further away from Raleigh, because this this stretches your term uh, a great deal. It increases the travel and, and yet is a vital part of the overall process. Yes. So... Uh, uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting when you go to the General Assembly building in the so-called non-session times, it's it's a flurry of activity going on down there. In fact, sometimes you think it's about the same as when it, they're in session. It's not quite that much, but it's pretty much.
2: You know, I, I always said that I thought that it would be a, a, a good idea to use the community college systems and teleconferencing to, yeah. to bring the legislators from around the state together together by, at their local community college, and, yeah. and hold these meetings that way, but that hasn't been done yet.
1: You know, one of the things about teleconferences interesting is it is it is it's it should work better than it does but it's like uh, distant learning most of the uh, teachers have said that distant learning just is not as effective as classroom
2: well it's just not being in person is much better yeah i mean doing doing things in person side by side and and you you know you can watch people's uh, expressions and body language and everything it's i mean it's yes i agree with that and
1: uh that's one of the reasons that two way conferencing is a lot better than just watching a conference right because you can see expressions and you can see who's goofing off and who's sleeping <laughs> in the back on the back row as I did uh, I always there were certain courses you know when I was in college there were certain courses I sat on the first row those are the ones that I thought the professor could be impressed by my presence and there were certain courses where I wanted to sleep on the back row because I wanted to take a little nap <laughs> and by I is sat in the middle I mean, I was sort of sized up the course right off the bat, and I was either in the first or the back. That's when the professors make a, a, a square or a U-shaped table, no. yes. so you, there's no front or back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and people going to church do about the same thing. That's You're right. either sitting in the back or the front, and you know, that middle is sometimes hard to fill up. Uh, okay, so... Uh, uh, so we've talked about
2: the study commission on the retirement plan. Do you think any other study commissions? Uh, no more study commissions pertaining to, uh, to the small business sector, um, but some other legislation that, uh, that we've been working with is, uh, uh, of course, health insurance uh, issues. And there have been, ad- again, additional health insurance mandates uh, inter- introduced. And uh, we oppose these bills on the premises of it being a mandate. It's very difficult to oppose some of these uh, these issues, but if every mandate bill is passed, I think North Carolina now has 57 mandated uh, coverages for insurance companies that they have to, to that they have to pay for. The premiums, I mean, the cost of health care just keeps rising. So, so NFIB. Uh, it continues to oppose uh, insurance mandate, uh, insurance uh, coverage, uh, uh, additional coverages on on the premises of the mandate.
1: One of the it, th- issues that's always up in, especially in North Carolina, is the issue of Medicaid expansion. Uh, many states have uh, expanded in using a federal program that pays more, and North Carolina has not gone into that program. And there's some logic to both. Both of them apparently have some pretty good logic behind them. Where
2: does uh, your organization stand on that issue, or do you have a position? In a, NFIB has, uh, has uh, chosen not to, to take a position on the Medicaid expansion. Well, I think, you know, in, in, as it's explained to me, I can understand
1: that because I, I think both sides have some logical, you know, it would look like somebody between the federal government and the state government ought to find a compromise and, and solve those issues that the states that don't have it. Are concerned about it, In the meantime, uh, continue the program because it it uh, just for my limited knowledge, it looks like there are some assets and some liabilities to it. So, any other legislation that uh, will affect either the members uh, directly as they're running the business or their personal lives?
2: Well, uh, in the budget, there are two two provisions that uh, that NFIB is is very supportive of, and, and that is one uh, one is the uh, the reduction of the Continued reduction of the personal income tax rate—that always helps small business owners uh, in uh, uh, in their in their business—and then the uh, reduction, and then uh, uh, eventual elimination of the of the franchise tax. So we're going to talk about the franchise tax a little later on. The
1: uh, income tax rate has been steadily coming down in North Carolina. Has this been a benefit uh, to encouraging people to move to North Carolina as far as new companies?
2: It has helped. It has been one of the one of the tools in the box that has helped encourage uh, businesses to to locate uh, in North Carolina, and also for entrepreneurs looking at, at starting businesses uh, and, and looking at their business plan or their business model as, as to how much uh, taxes if they're not incorporating and they, and they uh, go through you know they run their business through the personal tax through the personal uh, taxes that how it I- impacts that.
1: Well, it's uh, you know every. Of course, interestingly enough, despite the reduction in tax, there's a big
2: surplus in this year's budget. There is there is a big surplus, and uh, there's uh, a lot of you know a lot of questions about uh, the the tax reform over the last couple years has created uh, with the growth in the economy and uh, that has created this surplus. So now, what what what's to be done with that and there's a lot out there a lot of issues a lot of, eh, everybody's, got an idea. <laughs> everybody's got an idea everybody's got an idea <laughs> when there's a little extra
1: money around that's a dangerous thing because everybody thinks well <laughs> you told me we couldn't do this because we didn't have the money well it turns out we do so everybody goes back to the well and says wait a minute I want to drink from this water Uh, Greg Thompson is our guest. He's the state director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses, and we'll be back with more right after these messages.
0: I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see. How to Keep Your Child Safe. Childproofing Your Home. Childproofing Your Yard. Childproofing your in laws home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home. Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now let's see Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and other safety tips.
3: Of all parents. the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. Read the instruction manual
0: and learn to use
3: the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly.
0: Parents guide to telling other parents how to raise their kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov.
3: Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council.
0: You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right, sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Greg
1: Thompson is our guest. He's the state director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. And uh, Greg was born and raised in Charlotte. Well, actually, you were born in Charlotte and raised in the mountains. Correct. And then you served in the General Assembly. What what district did you serve
2: from? It was uh, the 46th district at that time, Uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, Avery, Catawba, Caldwell, and Burke Counties. Okay, so that is back up in the mountains. From Hickory to the Tennessee line.
1: Um, Okay, uh, Greg, uh, we've talked about a number of things. One of the things that you brought up during the uh, break was the fact that the franchise tax issue has come back up, and one of the positions that the National Federation of Independent Businesses has taken, of course, is that uh, a reduction in this tax is probably a wise thing, especially for businesses.
2: It is, and any time there's a reduction in a in a business tax, it's going to have an impact on on our members, on on small businesses, on medium and large sized businesses. Yep. So uh, yes, we are supportive of.
1: Now I have limited knowledge, right. and so this is a dangerous thing. But I'm <laughs> going to give you what I think the franchise franchise tax is. But it, but it seems to me that the franchise tax has always been a deterrent to the business, and and uh, because it is a tax on the net worth of the company, and so it would encourage people not to grow in a way because every time you grow, you're paying an additional, well, you grow from income and you've already paid tax on that. So uh, this tax is in addition to that. So it seems to me, that why don't you just add it to the tax and get rid of the, uh, because it, it, does, it does only affect those businesses that are adding to their asset value you buy a bunch of equipment you're going to pay more franchise tax the next year because it's net worth now theoretically you'd appreciate that through the i mean there's all all sorts of arguments on this thing but it just seems like it's there would be a lot easier ways to raise the same amount of money is what i'm saying
2: right and and it, it being tied to the the business's uh uh net worth instead of the profit it it it's kind of a a regressive tax. I mean,
1: yes, I think, yeah. uh, and I think that, in effect, you know, one of the things that we always try to, uh, to look at is that everything good that comes, you know, the word profit has gotten a bad term, but everything good that happens to a business or its employees comes out of profit. If you don't have a margin between what you sell the product or service for and what it costs you, you don't have any options, and uh, profit is – somehow in many people's minds gotten to be turned into what is a dividend in other words that's what the actual owners actually get. But profit is where you uh, or the margin is where you decide to buy new equipment to give raises and promotions, expand and so forth. And
2: uh, so anything that encourages uh, additional growth is good for the state. Well you know every business owner is in in business to make a profit. So, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing to make a profit. No. Uh,
1: okay, so uh, we, we, we've mentioned the National Federation of Independent Businesses, the organization that you head in North Carolina, but late, we haven't talked about its, uh, its membership. How many members do you have in this? Uh,
2: we're around 8,000 members, uh, and those members are from sole proprietors to businesses with 300 and 400 employees, uh, the the key is that they are independent business owners, and the of the eight thousand uh, the average number of employees is six. So we truly represent you know these small business yeah. owners across the state.
1: Well, most businesses uh, most businesses are small businesses, and uh, but it uh, but the function of your organization is to represent those who are independent or not uh, owned by stockholders right. and, and publicly traded stocks and things of this nature, um, and. Uh, uh, those people uh, without an organization like this don't have anyone advocating for their positions if you don't have an organization like this. Uh, so uh, tax reform has been going on in North Carolina for some time, and generally speaking, uh, we're getting pretty high marks around the country for the, the uh, work that was done, and uh, interestingly enough, it's produced uh, – a surplus. The the critics were saying, okay, if we don't if we lower taxes, we're going to have less money. But we've actually ended up with a surplus.
2: Well, with the the growth in the economy over the last uh, two or three years, and and since the tax reform has passed, it has created a surplus. And uh, as, as we as we mentioned, you know, everybody wants to get their hand in hand on that surplus. But uh, I think that the the decision makers need to uh, be careful about how they. How they, uh, uh, the decisions they make on 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 how they use that surplus. Uh, as we all know, last year the hurricane took a billion dollars out of our rainy day fund. Uh, we never know what's going to happen, you know, with that. So uh, while the the tax reforms created the surplus, um, there, there's there, there's a lot of uh, different uses that it, it needs to be. Looked at to 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 be used for.
1: There's actually been uh, one proposal to return some
2: money to the taxpayers. What do you think about that? Uh, personally, I, d- I don't know that that uh, is is probably a good idea. Uh, um, it, it it is the 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 taxpayers' money that has been collected. Uh, it c- of course can be looked at uh, that it should be returned to those who. Uh, uh, cr- uh, generated the money and, and, and sent it to the state, uh, but also back to, you know, what we don't know about it coming up, what could come up yeah. as uh, the, the need for that money.
1: Well, you know, every, every <laughs> once in a while you see all these dire projections of uh, all the capital improvement projects that are being uh, delayed or put off, and uh, of course we've talked very often about the fact that North Carolina has a number of counties that uh, that are actually losing we, the growth. The state as a whole, of course, is growing dramatically, but it's the growth is all in about 20 counties. So this creates a problem of the other 80 counties. Their tax base is going down. They've got less money, and yet aging infrastructure is going to create a problem for some of these counties that uh, are uh, now seeing their tax base go down instead of go up at the time they need the money. So sooner or later, the state's going to have to figure out
2: how, what support they give Well the infrastructure is a key thing for the, for North Carolina as, as we continue to grow and people continue to move in and and while school construction is uh, a local issue uh, these smaller counties as you just mentioned are, are not able to, to to build these schools so I mean there's there's so many things that, uh, that it needs to, that needs to be looked at as far as how it's spent.
1: Do, uh, of your uh, 8000 members is it pretty well balanced percentage wise for every
2: county or do you have it, it's uh probably the uh the, the the rural areas we probably have more members in our rural, rural areas than we do the urban yeah. areas uh in the on the on the coast on the in the mountains in the in the uh the the sand hills and Piedmont, it, it's it's more so uh, more, more members than we Probably having the the big cities
1: now. Another organization that theoretically, uh, well, not in theory, but it really does advocate for business is the chambers of commerce of the local communities. How do you Correct. work with them? What's it?
2: We we, we partner with uh, the the state chamber as well as the local chambers. Uh, we have small business roundtables with elected officials around the state and. Uh, partner with the local chambers uh, to, when we have those small business roundtables because we want to include, you know, their membership and our membership and, and give those business owners and those uh, employers a chance to uh, have, a, you know, have a seat at the table when we bring uh, these, the, the elected officials in to discuss issues that they, they need to hear about and that, that they uh, want to know, you know, what position they have on, on the issues. We've often
1: talked about how tough it is to start a new business. Uh, are the number of independent businesses
2: actually increasing, or is it uh, staying flat? We have seen uh, that we that there is an inc- a small increase, not a large, but a small increase in the uh, uh, number of, of new businesses being created uh, in the uh, more probably uh, in in the urban areas, but. You know the tourism tourism is so much, so big in North Carolina that uh, there's, there's there are a lot of small businesses in the in our tour tourism hot uh, areas that uh, where, where businesses are being created. Now we have
1: a uh, growing Hispanic population. It's now about 10 percent of our whole population in North Carolina. Uh, what is the how is the Hispanic community getting involved
2: in business? And do you have many Hispanic members? Our Hispanic uh, membership is is uh, increasing, and, w- and that is an area that we are, are working with. and And our uh, sales uh, salespeople are, are certainly uh, working to to increase our membership. and And yes, the the Hispanic community uh, is is opening in in different areas, uh, businesses uh, to um, uh, concentrate on on what on their needs and uh, so it's uh, it's an area that is is growing and one that we are, are, are focusing on.
1: In the future uh, is this a national problem as well because as, you're associated with other yes. organizations like this in yes. other states and how are other states uh, working on their
2: increase in attention and focus on the Hispanic growth? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me it 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 uh, it depends on the state, uh, of course, and but it is uh, uh, nationally. Uh, NFIB is, is looking at how we can engage uh, with the Hispanic community and Hispanic businesses and uh, and be a, a voice for 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 them as well. Of course, this creates all sorts of interesting problems, but not one of which, uh, not
1: the least of which, is the uh, the language barrier. Correct, and uh, this is uh, this is one of the interesting things because you are in a business of communicating, and it creates a new new demand on you to have access to uh, people who speak
2: Spanish. That's right, and that that is a uh, a, 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 an issue.
1: Yeah, Uh, Greg Thompson is our guest. He's the uh, uh, state director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Uh, which represents some 8,000 members across the state of North Carolina. And, of course, as we have already alluded to, also is affiliated with the National Federation of Independent Businesses, which has, I guess, organizations in every state in the union. We'll be back in the, in the next segment. We're going to talk about health care and the burdens that uh, uh, this uh, – uh, and the attention that this needs to be, to go to uh, running a business and the amount of time it's spent on – worrying about health care. We'll do that when we return right after these messages.
2: My the memory is shot.
3: My legs feel like lead.
2: Every muscle in my body is screaming.
3: So why does everyone think the problem is in my head? Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating, especially when those around you don't understand what you're going through. If you're experiencing extreme exhaustion coupled with difficulty sleeping and concentrating, body pain and flu-like symptoms, you could have chronic fatigue syndrome. But you're not alone. More than 4 million Americans suffer from CFS, and most of them don't even know they have it. Log on to www.cdc.gov CFS for the latest research and guidance on diagnosis and management. That's www.cdc.gov slash CFS. Get informed.
0: Get diagnosed.
3: Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
0: I'm not staying home tonight. I'm at school all day. If they want me to do the work, give it to me while I'm at school. This guy has me coming to work 10 hours a day. So what if I didn't finish school? That doesn't mean he could work me like a dog. Hey man, I need a few bucks. My car's busted and I need some cash. Hello? Hello? Every decision you make has a benefit or a consequence. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the United States Air Force. Now once again with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with Greg Thompson, uh, the North Carolina State Director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Greg has uh, already covered a number of subjects, but one of the ones that is constantly on everybody's mind, not only the employers, but the employees, and that's the matter of health care. And it's well, uh, I guess, well discussed. Uh, The issues are complex. Uh, We have The question of Medicare expansion in North Carolina, which we've talked a little bit about. We also have uh, just the problem of providing health insurance and benefits to the employees, and uh, especially small businesses have a lot of problems doing this. And um, we uh, know that this is on the mind of not only the employers, but the employees. So where and how does the National Federation of Independent Businesses assist its 8,000 members in focusing on this issue?
2: Well, uh, health care is one of the top three uh, issues and has been uh, – I've been with NFIB for 14 years and has been one of the top three issues. Affordable and accessible healthcare care uh, for small businesses has been one of the top three issues since I've been, been
1: here. And this is it, not – you know, it, uh, when you've got a business of five people, uh, one of those employees is the owner. So he's has a double interest. He's got a business
2: interest, and then he's also got a personal interest. That's right. And, and as I cross the state and talk with our members and, and other businesses, uh, the stories I hear about the, the cost of not only the he- health care for the owner of the business, uh, in the past they used to provide uh health care for the, their employees and their families, then they had to back off of the family coverage, and then they had to back off of the employee coverage because of the, the cost has increased so much. And, I mean, the stories I hear about, you know, paying 8 to $1,500 a month yeah. uh, per person, I mean, it's just it, – it, small business cannot afford that. Now, legislation
1: is uh, – or a study commission, actually, I think is working on – or is it legislation? That uh, will allow groups to be formed. The legislation yep. was passed last week, the okay. associational
2: health plan. So let's talk about that a little bit. Tell, tell me how that works. The associational health plan uh, legislation passed will allow uh, businesses uh, who are members of associations or, or, or groups, or they can create their own, to, to come together, uh, be a, a, a larger group of people, and then go out into the uh, to the insurance field and uh, research and, and try to find uh, insurance companies that will provide them with insurance for you know, the, the least or a lower cost. So uh, I'm gonna give an example of this. say a uh, lady who
1: operates a beauty salon and she's got six employees. If the beauty salons across the state were to get together and say, look, we're gonna have through our association an insurance plan uh, they can all join together. Correct. And
2: then that organization can negotiate a better rate and pass it on to its members. That's right. And, and in addition to these, the associational health plan on the state level, on the federal level, uh, the president or, uh, signed an executive order uh, allowing, which has never been allowed for small businesses, uh, crossing state lines. So these associations, I mean, if, if that group of uh, uh, Cosmetologists wanted to, in North Carolina, want to join South Carolina and then go together, uh, that's something that could be done. And labor unions and corporations can all do that, but that's never been allowed uh, for small businesses. So that's another. Is another this avenue. something,
1: maybe something like a Chamber of Commerce might look at for its independent members? Uh, the Chamber of Commerce could provide this service?
2: If that's uh, what they choose to do, that is uh, under this law would, would yeah. allow them to do it. And this is passed. It has passed, yes, on the state level, and is sitting on uh, Governor uh, Cooper's uh, desk for signature.
1: Well, you know, it, uh, it's always uh, been interesting to me that uh, insurance companies, of course, uh, is, uh, are in the business of spreading the risk. But, in fact, they have always given benefit to the larger companies, I mean, because they're trying to get the customers
2: right and and of course the large companies can self-insure and and you know the state has their own uh, self-insured so it, it it's it knocks out the the opportunity for the small ones to get in
1: we uh, talked about uh, uh, health care uh, but there are other benefits that uh, the small business person has to work on and worry about for their employees because larger companies have, the uh, ability to have additional benefits past health insurance, which is, of course, a major concern. Uh, How do you work with uh, businesses on developing retirement plans and such?
2: Well, that's something new that uh, has come up in this session, and uh, that's uh, the uh, bill was passed to uh, uh, create a study uh, commission uh, to look at creating a, a retirement uh, plan or retirement program for for small businesses, uh, and that is something that uh, we'll, we will be watching and monitoring over the next uh, a few months until the next uh, session begins and see what uh, piece of legislation comes out of that study commission.
1: One of the things that always hits the news from time to time is the matter of minimum wage and overtime wages. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting pro and con arguments on this. Uh, one of – a good company will tell you that, you know, the most valuable asset they have is employees, and so they want to pay as high a wage as they can. On the other hand, uh, there are those who say, well, there ought to be a minimum. And then those people come back and say, well, if there's a minimum, we will probably have fewer employees because we'll have to – we've got the same amount of money that we can spend. So instead of having 10 employees, we'll have nine.
2: So, where does that stand, and what's going on there? Uh, the minimum wage, the the proposal to increase to fifteen dollars $15 an hour, is a huge issue for the National Federation of Independent Business, not only on the state level but also on the federal level. And that's one of the issues that uh, during our uh, national our, our annual fly-in, DC fly-in, that that we uh, all, we all took to our our members of Congress to talk about. Uh, mandating a minimum wage, at, you know, it's seven. 25, I believe now, uh, but it, it mandating an increase in the in the urban areas in order to get employees, employers are are business owners are paying higher than the minimum wage. They have to yep. the competition yep. and 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 they they can do it. You go out into Husky or or Spruce Pine or uh, Little Washington or Murphy. And and they and if if small businesses are are mandated to pay fifteen dollars an hour, it's going to put them out of business. Yeah. And and it, actually, there's one business here in in, in Raleigh that uh, they have fifteen employees, and and they they said uh, uh, if 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 they were mandated to pay fifteen dollars an hour, uh, they would line up their fif- their fifteen employees and and have to pick two of them to, to, to yeah. lay off. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's a huge issue. It's it's not. You know that that let the market set, set it well, in the in, the, yeah. in
1: areas as with almost uh, as with many issues there's always pros and cons sure. or, but basically I think most uh, progressive businesses understand how important the employees are so you want to pay as high a wage as you can and still remain profitable and stay in business it's uh, I'm sure there are those a uh, handful that take advantage of it but that, that, that happens and that has always happened. And the, and the lack of uh, uh, employees. That's one of the biggest yep. issues right now. You mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, health care was one of the top three issues. What uh, What's issue
2: number two? Uh, issue number two was the uh, access to capital. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not as bad now as it has been in the past. It may be coming etching it, it, back up to uh, one of those, but uh, ex- access to capital – uh, because of the Dodd Frank bill and and the regulations that banks have put on businesses and and, and the availability to to borrow or 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 get capital to uh, uh, increase their I mean uh, increase their business or uh, hire or to, or buy more uh, inventory um, that was one of the top three uh, issues, which is uh,
1: kind of an interesting thing because interest rates are low, which means that people are looking to make loans. and On the other hand, the regulations in many cases are keeping them from being able to do that. So uh, what's, what's the balance? What, what are you proposing that uh, really happens?
2: Well, the, the, the regulatory, uh, we, we have to have uh, reductions in, in regulations, uh, not only in the banking industry, but also in, in environmental and, and, and other areas. And the regulations, uh, it, it's much better now than it has been in the past. But uh, regulatory reform on the state level and and federal level, uh, like I just said, has improved. But it's still – that was one of the the top three. That was the other – maybe not number one, but one of the the, the top three issues uh, for small business owners because they were being choked to death by the government from regulations.
1: Well, you know, it's always seemed to me when I watch uh, new regulations come in that there's usually a tendency to overregulate. There it was. There's a problem. And you solve it, but then the regulators get a little bit carried away and go a little bit too far. It goes beyond solving the problem. It creates a problem. It
2: does. And, uh, you know, the, the bureaucracy is, is – they are the ones who are are generating these regulations more so than the lawmakers. And uh, what, what should be done is for every new regulation that's put in place, they should eliminate five yep. – because, I mean, there are just thousands and thousands of regulations, uh, depending on the business. Now, you know, we don't want regulations done away with that, that uh, you know, don't protect the employee or, you know, save, you know, provide us with clean water, clean air and all right. that. It's just the the, the onerous uh, regulations that are, are not. We
1: have, uh, we deal in the broadcasting business with people who climb towers and they say that they're over-regulated, uh, the tower climbers themselves, and they say, you know, the safest place for a tower climber is on the ground. <laughs> and he said almost every legislation they pass keeps you on the tower longer. And so that, uh, you know, you end up uh, getting tired, you end up uh, up there three hours instead of two hours, and so your odds of having an accident are increased, not decreased. And, and they say, you know, the the, the, the legislation was well-meaning, but he said it keeps us on the tower longer, and the safest place for a tower climber is on, <laughs> on the, the ground. ground. And uh, so we're in favor of everything that keeps us on the ground yeah. more. And I think there's, that, that's a good example of how uh, re- regulations from time to time can get out of hand. Absolutely. Our guest is uh, Greg Thompson, and we'll be back with another segment of Carolina Newsmakers and uh, sort of review some of the things we've already talked about. We'll do that right after these messages.
3: In small towns and big cities, from coast to coast and around the world, Habitat for Humanity volunteers gather with purpose. Hand in hand, they come together. They may be strangers or they may be friends, but they are all builders of hope and homes. Hammers are raised, bricks are laid, dreams take shape, and another family finds shelter in a home they help build. Through their time and talents, Habitat for Humanity volunteers are helping change lives for the better, and in the process, maybe even changing their own lives as well. Together we can eliminate substandard housing. Won't you join us? Support the work of Habitat for Humanity in your community or wherever your heart leads you. Now more than ever, please volunteer, get involved, and help build it. Visit us at habitat.org
0: when we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back
1: with Greg Thompson on our final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. And uh, for this week, Greg is the uh, North Carolina Director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses, an organization that represents some 8,000 businesses across the state of North Carolina. Uh, Businesses that have from 1 to 300 to 400 employees but are independent in nature. And as such, he is uh, constantly dealing with uh, regulatory matters and budget matters that are pending the General Assembly in North Carolina. And of course, the association is also affiliated with the national organization that worries about issues in Washington. Greg, one of the things we didn't talk about, by the way, uh, this program comes in two segments. There are a number of stations that carry a half-hour version and a number that carry the full hour if you were listening to one of the stations that carries the half-hour version, you'd like to hear the two segments that you're missing, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that. You can hear those two segments. Or if you'd like to repeat uh, listening to the entire broadcast, you can also get the entire broadcast or share it with a friend by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. Greg, one of the things we didn't get around to talking about earlier was uh, the matter of incentives. Uh, this is always a very controversial issue uh, where the state provides incentives uh, to uh, businesses, usually fairly large businesses, that create jobs in some cases, high-paying jobs and so forth, and that sounds good. But then again, there are others that come back and say, wait a minute, you gave insurance company A a big benefit, and insurance company B has been here forever and been paying taxes. Why don't we get some? So there's two sides to this issue. Uh uh and then i suspect i'm just guessing that there's more benefit to being a large business than it is an independent business because uh, uh you know actually it sounds better to say we've created a thousand new jobs when in
2: fact most of the growth in jobs always comes from small businesses that's right uh 92 percent of uh uh, jobs in north carolina are considered small business jobs and and small business create sixty seven percent of all the new jobs in north carolina so you know in, when you the issue of incentives is very tricky uh, it's very controversial uh... when when we look at uh... the state uh... offering a, a billion dollars incentives to maybe amazon or apple <clears throat> to come in and create uh... fifty thousand jobs i mean that would be awesome to have those jobs but. Uh, if you took, took a half a percent of what they're offering offering uh, a, a big corporation and put that into to offering those incentives to small businesses and helping small businesses, they are the, they are the job creators. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the other side. Now, the, in defense of those who are
1: handing out the incentives, every other state does it. I cool. mean, you know, it's, so it, it's one of these things you're either in the business of recruiting or you're not. And uh, if South Carolina is going to offer an automobile manufacturer an incentive, and North Carolina doesn't, I can tell you where they're
2: going to go. And, and that's and that's kind of the position uh, of NFIB that uh, until something is done nationally and and makes it an equal uh, playing field, uh, it's it's very difficult to to for the state to. I mean they have to, they almost have to offer the incentives. I mean and 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 play the incentive game.
1: So has there ever been a movement made to say okay, we're going to call a halt to this. Every state's going to have to uh, you can do all you want to to help the livability of your state, to make it attractive, uh, improve education, improve health care, and all that sort of thing, make it attractive to companies to come. But you can't give incentives. Has there been any effort to stop it? I, I don't
2: think so. And well, and I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, it was because it, it's working. It works in some states, well, and and yeah. and it's and it. It's, it has here in on some some jobs, but in some, in some business corporations bringing them here, and more so in some other states. But it's just it's it, it's that game that, that that's played to to bring uh, the it's competition. No, yeah.
1: we started the program off talking about the uh, general assembly, and you've already <laughs> alluded to several acts or laws that have been passed uh, that. Uh, uh, will affect uh, businesses and how they operate and their employees. Uh, the budget, though, has not been approved yet. What is h- being held up in the budget right now because it hadn't been passed? That will affect uh, businesses one way or the other. Well, uh,
2: we we key vote uh, important bills to small business. Uh, the 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 budget is not one that we key vote, uh, but there are provisions in the budget that will help small businesses. Uh, right now, the the two that that we are uh, closely watching uh, to, to see is the reduction in the personal income tax uh, as well as the uh, reduction and, and of, uh, elimination, eventual elimination of the franchise tax. So both of those uh, in the budget would be very beneficial to. Uh, to small businesses or to all to all businesses and to uh, especially the the, the reduction uh, the additional reduction of in- uh, personal income tax because small businesses uh, uh, owners a lot of them run their business through the, their personal instead of in cor- uh, corporation
1: corporate you know one of the things that's always been interesting to me is when people uh, generally speak about large businesses, they think they've got this big pool of money. Uh, it's always interesting to me when somebody sees a, somebody get a huge insurance settlement and they say, well, the insurance company can afford it. Well, the insurance company gets their money from the policies they sell. So, I mean, we're all paying for that. Uh, and uh, uh, one of the things that's always been interesting to me, especially with small businesses, is that people forget that in a business of four employees, usually the owner is one of those four employees. So he's going to want to do the same thing for himself uh, from a selfish point of view uh, that he
2: provides for the other employees in his smaller business. That's right. And, uh, you know, there have been some pieces of legislation that were introduced that uh, we also were very uh, adamantly opposed to. And and just as an example, one was workers comp. And right now, uh, if you are a, a business owner with three employees, you have to provide you have to pay and provide or or carry workers comp insurance there was the bill would this bill would have reduced it to one employee so if if I guess if if you you're a sole proprietor you have to pay workers comp on yourself and and that just you know I mean there are so many facets to to that piece of legislation that would have been uh, negative uh, I mean you know, three is three is is low, but one is just. I mean, would you file a claim on yourself if you and, and to make your workers' comp insurance go up yeah. <laughs> if you got hurt? Yeah.
1: Well, two or three times there's been legislation passed that uh, that I've gone and talked to legislators about, and they say, "Well, that was an unintended consequence. Right. I, that's not what we <laughs> were trying to do, but we did it." And uh, so sometimes you have to go back and correct some of those things the next year because. There was an unintended consequence. Uh, That's one of the the, uh, facts of life is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. That's right. Who said that? I don't know. Somebody, somebody, (laughs) you know, I'm just kidding about it. The truth of the matter is it it, it is true that uh, very often you can't think through all the subsequent
2: actions that are caused by a change in the law. And the more complicated the bill is written or drafted, the more chances of those unintended consequences being in there without them exactly. seeing it as it's passed.
1: Okay, so Greg, as you go back to the office and leave the studio today and go back to the office, what's at the top of your work list for this week and this month? Uh, well, let's, let's give you six weeks. <laughs> We're getting toward the end of August. Let's, let's talk about the next six weeks. What are the things you're going to be focusing on most?
2: Uh, what, uh, watching the budget, watching uh, pieces of legislation uh, come up that we that was introduced probably back in January, February, even March that uh, uh, may that we thought was was dead uh, that may come back up while they while the legislature legislators are still there uh, they have a lot more time on their hands now and and they're looking at things that uh, uh, were in the past that may come up now. Well, that's uh, something to keep you busy, and I'm glad we'll do that.
1: Uh, Greg Thompson, thank you for being with us. If you'd like more information, you can Google uh, National Federation of Independent Businesses and get more information about it. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us again next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. If you'd like to hear a repeat of the broadcast, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com. So next week, have a nice week, everybody.